The Sex Ed with Tim podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. We acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaty, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. You're listening to Sex Ed with Tim. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. I am your host, Tim. I am a sex educator. I identify as chaotically gay and I am so old that the last date I went on was a carbon date. I am, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> I'm that old, Shay. God. <laughs> Ancient. I look good for my age for a very geriatric 28 years old. <laughs> Oh, you look damn good. You ain't, you are. Ooh, Shane, stop. You're too much. Well, I date him 20 years plus, so baby, you ain't up. Ooh, okay. You know what? I (laughs) admire that. I love that. I I need to get me some sugar daddy, some silver fox, Mm. some, someone that's willing to pay my bills. (laughs) Well seasoned. Okay. Um, I like to call them life experience when you're mature for your age. Very bad. You know, when you're mm-hmm. dating, you know, I might want mm-hmm. some more little life experience. We'll get to that <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, I love it. Oh, my God. Listeners, that very beautiful voice that you hear on the other end of the mic is my newest friend, the lovely queen sex educator herself, Shay is love. Hey, Shay, how you doing? Hey, Tim. I'm good. Thanks for asking. I'm happy to be here. And Super grateful to share space with you, and I'm I'm really happy that our paths cross, even in this time of you know pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Fully like agree because the magic of the internet has brought us together, and like just we're bi coastal bitches. <laughs> mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. <laughs> so Shay, like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So. My name is Shay. I'm a sex educator. I nine to five because I am a human being and I'm a normal person. I do real estate, um, but my passion and my heart lies in relationships and I absolutely love everything about them. And so that's what drove me to being a sex educator. I found that we partake in something a lot more than we discuss it. And that seems to be a pretty heavy foundation in a lot of our relationships is sex, whether you do it early or you do it late. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I decided like, hey, let's kind of try to bridge that gap for everyone and bring everyone into a space where sex is safe, no matter what stage you're in in life, age, demographic, uh, relationship status. So that's kind of what led me to sex ed. And, you know, I'm just trying to spread that work all around the world so people are happy in their sexual lives. Oh, yeah. Spread that work more than COVID is spreading right now. Uh, I'm here mm-hmm. for it. You know, you know, look, we're trying to spread yeah. faster than COVID. Spread facts faster than COVID. Come through, queen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I love that you said, like, relationships, because 
I truly have no idea what I'm doing in a relationship. Like, what the fuck is a relationship? The only, like, men I date are the ones in my head. So, <laughs> help me find a date, Shay. Help me find one. I don't know her. We'll get you there. We will. I promise. I love dating. That's actually uh, is one of my favorite things to do. Yes, let's do it. So, first of all, like, starting from somewhere that's basically clueless AF, what is a date? So it's really interesting. I love this question because just a self-reflection and what I think would be a good introduction is my love language is quality time. So I believe, and this is from my standpoint, y'all can agree with me if you do, don't agree with me if you don't, and it's okay. It is time shared with someone. It's intimate time shared with someone. And I use the word intimate intentionally because Intimacy doesn't always mean penetration or a sexual experience. It can be time. Intimacy is time. Intimacy is time shared with someone for the intention of whatever you want it to be, because dating can range from being casual or being intentional. And and I know we're going to get into that a little bit later because it does. There's a difference. There's a huge difference. And I think that both ways of dating is okay. Just know what yours is. Mm, yes, very bad. For me, like, my love language is taking an entire fist inside my ass. But, mm. you know, that could be, like, different for everyone else. <laughs> That's physical touch. That's yeah. The, That's yeah. physical touch. <laughs> deep, so deep. Like, I want to be barbecued or kebobbed or something, you know? Oh. That is, I want to feel it in my throat. <laughs> mm. I don't know if we, can, if we can mention your secret name, so I won't, but... <laughs> I know you by other names. I, I mean, what do you know me as, Shay? The gaping hole. That's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we love it. It's, everybody loves it. We're like, oh, no, we know him. Yeah, we know Tim. As the gaping hole, you know? <laughs> you know, I was thinking of making that my drag name, and then I thought of another name, um, Ava Gina. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, hold on. Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. I got. I have to take that in. I need time. And I need space, like a gaping hole, to take that in because that is a beautiful name. I Ava Gina. Oh my god! I yeah, love I love that. it. Do it. We'll we'll come up with a drag name for you to be like, "Hey, my name is a uh, Patty O Furniture." Oh look. <laughs> Yours though, yours. I'm not gonna lie. Yours is yours is killing it. Okay, that makes it the drag name of the century. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna let it be known because that, yeah, that was. Hmm. It, it's it's a hot it's a hot name. Let us support it's, you in that. Look, tell us how the basis to support China. Okay. Oh my god, I'm just gonna introduce myself on dates. Like, hey, my name is last name Gina, first name Ava. Ava <laughs> that is beautiful and actually it's a really beautiful name too that's the thing ava i do love yeah. the name ava it's and Gina, it's, it's a very beautiful Gina. name and a very beautiful play on words it i think it shows creativity and intellect. <laughs> okay like that's the funny thing though right like on top of it being like no i'm a sexual being this is my nature this is also who i am i'm, I'm an intellect who can do a play on words i think that that's a good for people who are on your level they would enjoy that on a date I hope so, because, like, for me, I find things funny. I just hope that the other person finds it funny. <laughs> you know, and, and and that's a compatibility thing. I think that sometimes, I, I think that it's easier when you are yourself 
to show up as you. And then I think that when you do that, you do make people peel back their layers. That's a, mm. I wouldn't say a trick that I use, but I will say like kind of peeling back a layer at a time is, yes. a, is a good dating tactic. Ooh, okay. Oh, before we get into the tactics, I want to rewind a little bit because I want to ask, why should we even bother dating? What's the point of going on dates? I think that dating gives you an opportunity to get to know yourself and also operate in human nature. You know, human nature is to build relationships. If we were meant to be alone, then we would not have been created with other beings in mind and other beings in the world. So dating kind of gives you a different level of experiencing relationships. And I think it's necessary for all people. We want to get to know ourselves in different facets, right? We want to know who we are when we're angry, when we're sad, when we're, you know, in love. So dating is like a good, I would even say safe playing ground of in between being single and fully committed in a relationship. So it's nice to just kind of play with who you are and get to know who you are on that spectrum. Ooh, I like that. I mean, for me, dating is like my one-way ticket to their bedroom, but like... <laughs> it could be that too, though. It could be It can that. be. Okay, yeah, because that's something that I hear a lot of people be like, you're not supposed to have sex in the first date. Like, there's so many of these myths that, like, are perpetuated by, I don't know, Cosmo or Reader's Digest. Like, uh, what what's a dating myth? Um that you should have or you should not have sex on the first date. Is that true? Um, that is not true. Um, and, and and the reason why I say that, and not just because I'm a sex educator, okay, it's because I've talked to a lot of men, I've talked to a lot of women, even before I decided to pursue this as a career, who all pretty much agree. Like women are so afraid, they're like, Oh, I had sex with them on the first day. What does that mean? And it's like you can see these stories, like you there's a show called Black Love. And I remember watching one of the segments where a married couple that's been married for like probably my entire lifetime, probably our entire lifetime, who said, we had sex on the first date and we're still together, you know, and you hear stories like that. That's a thing. So I think that is just the intention of two people and where they are in their life. And I think that knowing who you are for both people makes it a lot easier, right? Like, hey, we both came on this day because we were looking to date. We felt the chemistry. We felt the vibe. We decided to take it there. And all everything was there. Like, we hit the mark. You made me laugh. I talked to you for hours. You know, I enjoyed your conversation. You enjoyed mine. And then the sex was great. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> we going to do this, okay? But, but, like, where does that stigma come from? Like, you're somehow considered easy or slutty when you have sex on the first date. I think it comes from a very patriarchal mindset. I think mm. that from the beginning of time for cishet men, there's always been this idea that they can, that they're on a conquest for women, right? Where, you know, you, you, you rack up all these numbers, you rack up all these women and you're seen as a success. There's a validation in that. Whereas for women, the same validation you give to a man for having sex with you is the same act that actually devalues you as a woman. So that devaluation comes in and there's like, oh, now let's put some words to it. She's a slut she's a whore and I think that in other communities it's just kind of been a power word now at this point where if 
whether you identify as male or woman or not in binary, if you use this word, you can use it in such a way that it's derogatory and that it puts you in a position of shame where you no longer feel confident in who you are sexually. And it actually gives power to the other person, which is unfortunate because if I'm going to partake in the act of sex with someone, we're both going to enjoy, like we're here for pleasure. We're here for joy. We are here for a good time. Like sex should be that. It should be that good, whether in, and by good, I don't, I'm not measuring it on the scale or a success or anything like that. It's I a personal experience. Yeah. yeah. The personal, mm. the personal experience and the intention. So I don't, I don't believe in slut shaming for anyone who has sex on the first date. I don't think that that should be a thing, especially when you can say, well, it's, it's slut shaming for a woman if she has sex on the first date, but this was also his first date too. So do we slut shame him? <laughs> you know, it just, it, the ideology actually is really contradicting. So that's why we yeah. should That's so weird. Like we have a double standard. Like why do we put all these like standards on women, but not the same as men? Like I have sex on the first date all the time. Otherwise, did we even go on the first date? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to have his nut in me and take a picture of it to prove that I went on a date. I mean, was it good or not? Was the date good <laughs> or not? And then I'm going to have a journal like, hmm, his dick was this long and this color. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it did this thing. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's how we're measuring second dates now okay yeah or like i'm having a burn book and be like "Ooh, the dick was so bad it stank like mm. look and and you know what and and it's funny because some people say that like i would rather know sooner than later like i don't want to get you know a year down the line two years down the line i'm saying yes to this person and we're not sexually compatible like that's the thing for a lot of people and and so i think that we have to have like grace and we have to give room to people who have that 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 thought process because it's valid i, I think that that's a very valid reason to want to experience someone sexually sooner rather than later yeah, because sexual compatibility does mean a lot to some people, like me or yes. you or like literally whoever is like a huge slut like us, you know. <laughs> Which is funny you say that because I think that I would say that 100% of men, and this is just mm-hmm. me, okay, it's not a real statistic, but I would say men 100% will prioritize sexual compatibility. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, okay, and that's great, which is why if you find out that you and this girl are not sexually compatible, compatible, it's okay for you to not want to pursue her any longer. But if you think that there's something there before sex and the sex is great, so you kind of go into it like, hey, let's try this out. I think that that's okay. Mm-hmm, very that. Oh, you've been dropping the word compatibility a lot. And like, that makes me think of like my next question about like, that that first date spark. Like, is it essential to have that first date spark in order for us to proceed with the date? Or and if there is a spark, what does that mean? What does that spark look like? Well, I think it depends on where you are in your dating life, right? Like we talked about the spectrum earlier. So there's a spectrum if you are casually dating, and there's a spark, but you just know that you're not ready for something, it's okay to take it slow. It's okay to say, hey, I still want to date around. But I think that when two people have that spark, that it's worth exploring. I think that people just have to be honest with where they are. And if you have a spark, that means that 
look, something went right. And at this point, it's okay to peel back another layer. Go ahead and just just see, because this is all a journey, right? Everything we talk about is hypothetical. Will it work? Will it not work? We won't know until we test it out. We put everything to the test. So I think that- Dating is so scary. Dating is really <laughs> scary, but it can also be really fun. I think that dating mm. can be fun. I, I, I do. I, I genuinely believe that dating can be fun. And this is coming from someone who has had an experience- both before marriage and after marriage of dating. And I, I enjoyed and I enjoyed both dating experiences. I enjoyed dating way before I was married. I was having fun. Like there was no pressure. There was no like, you know, but I knew where I was at the time, which is why it was no pressure. I knew that there wasn't any intent. I just wanted to genuinely get to know people to figure out what I liked. And then after marriage, I was like, hey, you kind of want to step back into this, you know, Let's figure out what we want. Let's see if we're ready. Let's dip a toe in the dating pool. And when I did, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed every moment of it. Did you find out after dating after marriage, you were like more sure of what you were looking for in a future partner? Nope. And guess Ooh. what? I'm happy about that. And I'm going to tell you why. Because while, while I was very sure about some things, there were still things that I wasn't sure about. And I think that that's a healthy way to be because you have to have that balance between knowing that whoever is next, you don't know that person. Mm. So you can't put all of these ideas that I want X, Y, and Z on this person, but you don't know them because they might come in a box completely packaged differently than what you thought you wanted. You might get everything you needed and it just didn't come in the package that you thought it was going to look like, which is okay. So I think that having that balance for me is why it worked. I went into it like, I know what I want. I know what I don't want, but I'm also open to something new. And I think that that's a healthy way to go into it, not being too definitive. Because at that point, you kind of fight between having walls and boundaries. Are you putting up walls, blocking people out, or do you just have boundaries that say, Hey, you know, I got a little room here, but this one is is not so much. Right. Because when you go in a date with like expectations and then all of a sudden they like, you know, uh, this end up disappointing you. That kind of makes you want to back out of the date a little early. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're not giving someone a chance like you're not giving room for growth. And in any relationship, you have to have room for growth. Oh, my God. Love it. So. Does that mean that in order for me to grow, I need to go on lots of dates? Like, is dating a numbers game? I actually would say yes. <laughs> it is. Oh, yes, I do. I do believe that you should date around because you, if you don't know what you want, if you have not found one, you can't rule people out. Like, that's the idea of giving someone a chance. Some people look at it. Everyone goes to the negative when it comes to dating. Oh, they're dating around. Oh, they're dating too many people. They don't know what they want. And that's not always the case. Right. Sometimes it's you're giving you're genuinely giving people a chance and exploring the idea of this could be the one. So, like, I get like there's some what do you call it? Like dating coaches or whatever that say quality over quantity which like i would agree with that like you know a good date is better than like you know a thousand shitty dates but like i can't just go on one good date and call it a day can i 
Okay, so this is again where like we go like to the extremes of sides. There's balance, right? You don't want to romanticize one person just because this was a great day. And then down the line, you guys didn't get into the more serious conversations because, you know, this was only the first date. You can't give someone your life story in a first date. And then down the line, you find that this person is not the one because you romanticize this one person. So I think it's, I think balance is key. Shit, drag, drag me. Shit, drag me. drag hope. <laughs> I'm fully like imagining the marriage and the wedding and the first hello. Like, oh. Yeah. I mean, it's balance, right? Like, you, like again, you cannot romanticize this one person. It's one day. Like, it could have, I've had great dates. Okay. And that person decided to no longer date me. I've had great dates and I decided to no longer date that person. I've met great guys that I am not dating. I've met, you know, so so you can meet good people that you connect with on different levels, but you know, you kind of have to go through it. You have to, you know, see, you have to fill it out. And it's okay to do that. And it's okay to take the time to do that. Now, again, look, I want everybody to know I'm coming from a space of my love language is quality time, okay? Okay, quality. So I do understand quality over quantity. It's not about how much time you spend with me. It's about what we do in that moment. However, I do understand balance from a logical perspective that I could still date a couple more guys in the next couple of years and think that, hey, like, you know, maybe it didn't work out with that guy. I don't have to look at it like failed dating experience. I'm going to add him to the one in a thousand bad experiences I've had. I can say, no, that was a really good start for me. And I, and I really like that guy. I like that he, you know, took me out. I like that he planned something. I like that he engaged in conversation and asked questions, but you know, then we talked about family and, you know, he doesn't want a family. So man, you know, you know, I I loved everything about it. We had a spark. I was attracted to him, but we just don't mesh in that area and I'm not willing to change it. And that's where the walls and boundaries come up. You didn't block him out by putting up a wall, but you had a boundary, which was, I want a family and I'm not willing to sacrifice that for the spark that I felt on this date, because I know that there's someone out there that I can have this spark with that will want a family as well. Oh my gosh. That's so heartbreaking because it's like you idealize that person. Like they tick all the boxes and then all of a sudden one like really important box. And then all of a sudden it's like, bye. Yeah. Which is why I think too, when it comes to the whole like quantity thing, you might have to reverse that, right? Like they check all of the boxes and then you get down that one thing and it's like, ugh. so you have to put like your top, right? Like you have to put your Mm. top things on the list. Like what are the things that are non-negotiable? You have to know your non-negotiables how I look at it. So for me, um, it's friendship. I, I have my F's is what I call it. Like my right. four or five F's. Ooh, give us all the F's. Right. We have to be really good friends. Finances. I, I prioritize that. I mean, I obviously live in California. Like we should pull in a pretty decent income, right? It's <laughs> very important. Fucking, ah! fucking ah! frequency kind of operate on the same level where I want there to be like, you know, that, that, that compatibility, right? So, so in, and those are pretty much three or four F's. Like I prioritize those things like friendship, finances, frequency, 
fucking, if you will, right? And even <laughs> if you want to separate frequency and friendship, I'll say frequency is spirituality for me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Where right. I, 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 I'm not a religious person. You know, I don't need us to be indoctrinated or following one suit because I believe that we're all beautiful people and that we are like, you know, of like one in a sense. Mm-hmm. And so I just want someone who has that spiritual connection, that spiritual frequency with me. And like I said, fucking, that's like the, you know, those are all (laughs) important to me. And other than that, like he can be tall, short, he can be, you know, like other things like don't matter as much. Like what matters to my heart, what matters to my core, you know, and those are the things for me. So I think that if we can kind of shift what we prioritize, the further down on the list you go, the less they should matter. Mm -hmm. As long as they have good money and they eat ass really well. You know, look, you know, <laughs> are really like really big for me. For and me too. We can, if we hit those three out of the park, we are a match made in heaven. I kid you not. Like, look, anybody listening to this has been like, you know, lurking on the ground. Let me tell you that. I mean, if, and if it ain't it for you, that's fine too. We can, <laughs> we can let, let it be one thing, and the fucking will never come into play. But yeah, that's important, you know, to me. But. Again, if I go on a date and this person has, we, we seem like we would hit it off as friends because we have a lot in common and what I base my friendships on and those relationships in particular, they're checking off the boxes. Thumbs up. We're good. Mm-hmm. But if we get to a point where family, because that, oh, boom, that's the other F. That's your five. Yeah, yeah. Family. That's an important one. If family is not a priority for you, we can't do it. Mm, right, right. So have you ever like been on a date where they're starting to check off your your boxes and then one of the boxes doesn't quite check yet do you like cut them off completely on the first date or like maybe i'll give them a second chance so if someone doesn't check off all the boxes if they're not in the top four or five of my f's then I'll, I'll give them a chance, right? Because I feel like we're all growing and we're all changing. And again, this is coming from someone who's been married before. So take, look, they say, take it with a grain of salt. They say, you know, uh, chew the meat, spit out the bone. When you are in a relationship, you have two choices, okay? Accept them for who they are and realize that they may never change. Or accept a person and the person they may become because change is inevitable for some people. Okay. Some people like to be there. There's a people, some people like to be stagnant and there is a thing and that's, and I have no problem with that. Right. Like it's not mm-hmm. me. I don't like a mm-hmm. motherfucker that's going to be stagnant. I'm going to keep it lit. <laughs> I, I would rather enjoy the person who I can grow with, who's going to change. I'm also a fire sign. You know, there's a little bit of wild side in me. So Hell yeah. And I love it. It's exciting. But I don't. But that's the thing. We have as people two options. You are either the kind of person who's like, I want the same person I met that never changed from day one. That's who they are. That's who I love. That's it. Right. And, and mm-hmm. people will tell you even in relationships that they struggle with the fact that they've changed and their partner hasn't. Or you can be the kind of person that says, hey, look, I'm loving this person. I'm choosing to love them for whoever they're going to be tomorrow and three months and three years and in, in, in three decades when we get to 30 years of marriage. And that's OK, too. So I think that for me, I'm OK with someone not having it all because mm-hmm. there's room for growth and there's room for change. And that's how my love works, is that 
I can love you through the growth and I can love you through the change. So yeah, if you don't have, as long as those core values are there, everything else is like interchangeable. Ooh, love it. I want to touch more a little bit on these core values because I feel like when we have these core values and then we draw on these boundaries, we start to be a little more discerning, which is not a bad thing, but also like when do we start to figure out what makes a person dateable versus like what's just a pet peeve? So dateable versus a pet peeve, I think. Yeah, like red flags, like you know, how do I know if they're really gaslighty at the very beginning versus like they just have like a really gross habit of like picking their teeth at the table, you know? <laughs> oh, man, I'm glad you kind of rephrased the end of that because that that made the question a lot mm-hmm. more. A little clearer. Yeah, because I'm like, yeah. I can't just turn a guy down because he picks his nose or something. But like, maybe I should probably watch out for that textbook narcissist. Yeah. So that's where the time comes in, right? Because you can still, and again, this is, this is you knowing yourself, knowing what you're comfortable, comfortable with. Don't do anything that you are not comfortable with. If you do not want to have sex within the first three months of dating, do not have sex. If you want to know what it's like before three months, cause you don't want to waste your time, do it for you. And I'm, and I'm going to, I'm going to start with that. I'm going to preface with that because I think that it's also important to invest time. I think that, again, for some from someone who my love language is quality time, when you spend the time with me and your actions reflect what you said, and even if you're not a big talker, but your actions speak louder than your words because mm. actions always speak louder than words, I think that's where we have to be open to giving people time. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that, again, and that's what, why you can't romanticize the, those first dates, because everyone's right. on their best behavior on the first date. Mm-hmm. Everyone's <laughs> their best foot forward. Not my first dates. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it depends, though. It depends because it depends. And that's good. If, if you if you wear your heart on your sleeve, the person who's dating you is lucky. I mean, I feel like every guy that's ever been on a date with me is really lucky, you know, because yes, my pussy is yes. strong. Yes. Okay, look, okay. <laughs> you what? Ava, Gina, hello. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hello. Period. Okay. Gaping hole. Hey. Look, AKA the gaping hole. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And it's like, you know, but that's the thing, right? Like when you know who you are and you show up as yourself, it's easier to determine how people fit into your life because you're in control, mm, right? It's right. easier when you don't know who you are and you're just out here willy-nilly and you're trying to fill a void. That's when you're more likely to run into people who will take advantage of you, those those narcissists and you know people with those issues is when you don't know yourself and you're trying to fill a void. When you know you and you fill those voids and you're looking for someone to compliment you, it's a completely different story. Ooh, I like that you brought that up because I remember this one time where I went on a date with a guy like a couple months after my most recent breakup and I was like, I'm so lonely. I'm so sad. I really want to go out with anyone at this point. I went on a date with a guy and like, I, he was really cute. But then at some point during our date at the restaurant, you know what he did? He snapped at the server. I was like, um, that's rude as hell. That's so yeah, rude. Yeah. That's so rude. 
I was like, what are you doing? Well, like in my head, but like, you know, I still wanted to like get fucked or something. But I was like, am I really going to go to bed with this guy that snaps at a server? Like, hello. I'm like, mm. go to bed with possibly date long term. Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, I did fuck him. <laughs> but I did was not call him. Like, was it good? I, it was good for him. <laughs> So he wanted a second date with me, but you know, <laughs> I was just like, Ooh, uh, honey, you cannot do this. Just like, I got, I got to find some more respect for myself. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> I want to rewind a little bit back because you were dropping all these little wisdom jewels on compatibility and everything. And I can't help but think of the word preference when you prefer someone like is it okay to have a preference when you're going out on a date because like okay i am a flaming homosexual and on the apps we always have like these filters for like body type even oh my god shay there is a race filter yeah there's a race filter on these apps um it is wild out there so i wanted to ask like when is it okay to, or first of all, is it okay to have a preference? Second, when is it okay to, you know, use that preference in the dating game? Um, it is absolutely okay to have a preference mm-hmm. because I think that that's kind of how we develop our standard, right? Like, but I, but I do think that it becomes unrealistic when there are when there are things that don't have to do with a person's development and character. So like race, for example, I think that when we consider things like, oh, well, he has like uncontrollable things, basically. Uncontrollable mm-hmm. things are a little bit, I don't personally understand it. If there is someone out there who feels like they can educate me on how they navigate interchangeable things about people and how they created that into their preference. I would love to hear it. But for me personally, and from a professional standpoint, it just seems like if you're looking for core values, values have nothing to do with how a person was born. It has nothing to do with their height, their weight, their race, or anything like that. However, when you take into consideration certain things, right? Like Religion, politics, like things that people choose. And and I would even say to a certain extent, like, like looks, right? Like those Mm. are not things that while people are who they are, those are not things that people can always control. Like I can't Mm. control that I was born a black woman, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can't control that. You you know, um, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like those are not things that we can control. So the idea that someone would dislike us or count us out as a dating option because of those reasons have nothing to do with the things that they want in a partner. Mm. Like if you tell me that you want someone that's family oriented, that you can laugh with, that you can have a good time with, that you're sexually compatible with, tell me where that eliminates a whole group of people. Yep. That part that to me doesn't make sense at all. It actually tells me that you have a very limited dating pool and that you might find it a little bit harder to date. But I will say this standards fluctuate based on demographics. So I want to be mm-hmm. realistic about that. So for myself specifically, and I'm going to give a personal example to make it a little bit more clear. 
Mm-hmm. While I do prioritize finances, I don't prioritize anything like race or like height, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like a lot of people, especially today in this dating world, it's like women are always after a guy about his money. And why do you care about my finances? And it's like, uh, because I want a family. And I think yeah, it's kind of. Also, I've got kids and I want to go mm-hmm. out. Yeah, because it's important to feed these children. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. I want to rip over my head. Like, finances are important to me for those reasons specifically. However, I don't care about race. I don't care yeah. if you're. Asian, black, or white, like I, but I do know, and I will say this I fully take advantage of the times that we're in because we are in a time where I have the luxury to choose to date anyone that I want to date. And I think that that's a luxury we don't acknowledge as much and we don't celebrate as much, especially in my particular demographic of women, black women particularly are the least likely to date outside of their race. And I think that it's really important for Black women to take advantage of the fact that we live in a time where when you prioritize the characteristics that you want in a man, opening yourself up to the fact that that box may not be the box that it gets delivered in and that that's okay. Like, it's okay. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to feel bad because your heart says you're happy with these things. Mm. Like if your heart tells you when you're in alignment and your mind, your body and your heart says, my mind logically says that I want someone financially stable. My heart says I want someone who's my best friend. And my body says I want someone. Want someone with a big dick. <laughs> or, or just sexually compatible with because you find a lot of women do not prioritize the size of a penis. So mm-hmm, that's right. That's so mm-hmm. it, but it's good because it puts you in a position where you can say, I will give someone a chance. I'll, I'll I'll give a chance to someone who I never thought I would. And then you come to find out like, wow, and the sex is great. Like, but he doesn't oh look like Yeah, right. Like, mm. but he's not a white guy and I'm white. Or he's not Asian and I'm Asian. Or he's not Indian and I'm Indian. Yeah, he's not yeah. Black and I'm black. Because cultural things tell you or religious things tell you or your parents and your family and tradition tell you that you can't be with this person. When you blow all those things out the window and you focus on your heart and you open yourself up to a whole new world of dating. Oh, Mm. and it's so beautiful. The experiences you have, that's when you have a good dating life. Ooh, yes. Because I don't want just ice cream. I want gelato. I want yogurt. Frozen yogurt. Frozen yogurt. And I want all the spices. Oh, Mm. my God. Uh, If I could have like a coloring book of the world and like, you know, shade in every single man I've ever fucked in, the entire global map would be all colored because, you know, she travels. Look, (laughs) and, 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 what did you do? You opened yourself up to better experiences, to more experiences, to more experiences of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I think that people really need to focus on that. Like, open yourself up to new experiences. How do you know you don't like it if you've never tried? That might be the happiest you've ever been. Yes. Now, that might be the spark you find on that date. Oh, yeah. All the boxes. And and you are going to surprise yourself and you're going to you're going to second guess yourself. I'm not going to lie and say that people won't second guess themselves and they won't be like, oh, dang, he check off all the boxes. But he's not he's not he's not Christian or he's not Jew or he's not 
black. Like, like, right, we, yeah, yeah. We do that and we psych ourselves out of happiness because of what we've been conditioned and indoctrinated to believe. And sometimes you just got to find your own path and your own journey and prioritize your happiness. It's okay to do that. Oh, yes. Very that. Uh, like, forget about what your family wants or like what your friend wants for you. What about what you want? What do you mm. want? What mm. do you want? Date with that in mind, too. Date with that in mind. Like, what do you mm. want? You want to have a good time? Yeah. You want to laugh? Okay, start there. Start start with the little stuff, too. Like, don't step into dating saying, like, I'm looking for my husband to come in here and give me kids and pay these bills. Like, let's focus <laughs> like, on some other stuff first. Like, you're, you're walking into the bar with pussy first. Like, someone impregnate me now. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, like, walk into it with the little things, right? Because what I on if you have a top five and -hmm. you start from the bottom and you work your way up, it's easier to have better better dating experiences, right? You're not committed to this person, you're not stuck with this person, you don't have to stay there, you don't have to date them again, but you can enjoy yourself at the very least. All right. At least have like one vodka shot and then hopefully that makes the horrible date somewhat tolerable. (laughs) Have two vodka shots. Two. There you go. And Enjoy like, yourself and call mm-hmm. your friends after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Treat yourself. And then you can call your girlfriends and be like, oh my God, this guy's breath stunk. Look, his breath was on hit. <laughs> <laughs> or he walked in, he was tall, girl, he was fine. You know, Ooh, and yes. I wasn't expecting it because he was a white guy, girl. You know, I don't be dating white guys, but girl, he yes. was boxes like and be like, hey, okay. you know, or like, girl. oh, he's an Asian dude, like, girl, and he really checked mm-hmm. the boxes, like, you know, he's family oriented, and the I carpets match the drapes. Look that part, look, and I was like, <laughs> you know, I was, I was impressed. He smelled good. He made me laugh, like. Sometimes we overlook the little things in dating mm. because we're so fixated on having the perfect person. But if those core values matter, it does, it nothing else matters because again, character goes a long way. Another that. thing I prioritize. So this is another list that I have because sometimes lists are important. I'm a <laughs> sexual, so I do prioritize intellect over sexual compatibility. Right. Surprise, you guys. Um, <laughs> But I prioritize character over finance and finance over race. And mm. I think it's important for me to say that because, again, I'm, I'm going to go back to just a demographic that I identify with, which is being a black woman. We are told to be race loyal. You know, really? so, yeah, we are. So it's I did not know that. Yeah, it's okay for, you know, him to be in and out of jail, girl, with four baby mamas, as long as he's black. You know, it's like, it's a thing. that and wow. that's. We are we are taught to be race loyal, which is why black women are the least are the demographic that's least likely to date outside of our race because we're taught to be race loyal. Like we're not taught oh, to prioritize wow. their education or their finances or their ability to provide for a family as long as he's a black man. And it's and it even and it it's even it's funny how that actually segues into the LBGTQ plus community because you're also taught to choose just a black man. Okay. It's like it, it look, I don't look. You don't be gay, okay? Look, you don't be gay. If you're a woman, mm. you don't be gay. You, you choose mm. a man. Even if he ain't shit, you're going to choose this black <laughs> man. You know? I don't like, want no scrubs, though. I don't want no... Look, you don't want no scrubs, you ain't messing with Shakita either. Like, you know? 
so it's a thing for us and it's really unfortunate, but I really encourage black women to, to look at it differently and, you know, prioritize character above finances and finances over race, mm. because you can have someone who's financially secure that it's completely abusive. Oh, shit. And it's oh, not shit. worth it. You know, it's not Ooh. worth it. And, and 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 go ahead and throw it. Look, and at this point, sometimes we're told to throw out character and finances. Just stick with the race. And even if he's abusive and broke, it's okay. Oh, no. Um, but you're so far into look, this guy that you're in the sunken place right now? Ooh. Yes, that you are. Look, get out, sis. That's get, what I'm going to say. Get, get out. Run. Ugh. Yeah, but but every... And I'm, and I'm not... This is not to say, like, you know, it's all bad, right? Because black mm. love is beautiful and there are all cultures who experience different things and we are all conditioned to stay within our race for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you know, or we're, we're taught to operate a certain way or we have these very narrow lenses of how we believe we can live our lives because of what we've been taught. And I just think that in 2021 and going into 2022, it's really important for Black women to open up their options and mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. experience a dating life that is a lot more full and a lot more whole, whether that be you want to experience dating women or mm-hmm. both men and women or multiple mm-hmm. people at the same time because you're exploring a polyamorous lifestyle right. or dating outside of your race because you just you know, find that you really get along with this guy in your class. Like, that's okay. It's okay. It's interesting that you bring this up because I, uh, I believe it was in 2014 that OkCupid released, like, their statistics that the least interacted profiles are Black women and Asian men. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, really? Yeah. And a few Shit. dating websites did that same study and got the same results. Jesus. I'm yeah. like... We're literally the best at fucking. What, what's yeah. what's not clicking here, sweetie? Come on. But what's funny is economically, um, economically, mm. educationally, and socially, those two groups have grown exponentially to the mm-hmm. point where they actually really complement each other on paper. Now, I won't ignore that compatibility on a heart level is very important. But on paper, if we were being strategic the way we were at the beginning of time and marrying people based on their status, um, the most married couples would obviously be Black women and Asian men. So mm-hmm. that's a thing. And then mm-hmm. and probably like, I, probably now that I'm thinking about it, Educated white men and educated Indian men will probably be up there as well. Educated men in general. But, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. just to be completely honest that, yeah, from from that standpoint, you know, those two groups are in a a very similar boat. And it's funny because Issa Rae in her book. I love Issa. I love her. I love Issa too. Hey, Issa girl. Look, if you hear this. Girl, if you're listening to this. Holla at your girl. Holla at your boy. Look, holla at I love Insecure. I'm Insecure. <laughs> right. Look, no. And it's funny because they actually explored the relationship between a Black woman and an Asian man. And it was beautiful because she got a lot of backlash from her book where she told Black women to explore their options with Asian men because mm. we're both demographics who are underrepresented in a lot of ways and in the dating space specifically. But what's what's even more interesting to that is that the negative stereotypes that come from both groups, right? Like you have black women being like angry and like, you know, undateable and, you know, Asian men not being good lovers and things like that. Or like like, small dick or whatever, but like the guys I've talked will know that is the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Look, 
hmm, look, let it be known. <laughs> let it be known. Preach it to the choir. Let it you know, be, it is written. Her. Don't tell her secrets, y'all. Um, <laughs> the Jay's pussy know, is delicious and my dick thick. I mean, you know, but, <laughs> they say. but it's a beautiful thing to have these conversations and to say, like, instead of shying away from them and being like, no, let's not talk about that. No, let's talk about it. Y'all say black women are angry. Y'all say Asian men have little penises. Like, you know, it's like, let's talk about it. And let's, let's not only talk about it, but let's explore what it could not be. Like, those stereotypes are not true. So let's explore that. So I just think that everyone should open up their dating options. I think when we see this rule that men can do it and women can't, you know, we we gotta let we gotta kind of let that die down a little bit. Let let women have our space to explore who we are sexually, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, um, and hold grace for women to do that. And let's hold space for people of the LBGTQ plus community to do that because there's never been a time where openly doing that was okay. There has only been men cishet men who have been able to explore who they are in all facets from a power, from a power perspective, all the way down to a sexual, you know, and social perspective. So I think it's okay for us to give grace and to share space and hold space and give room for people of other backgrounds to do the same. Shay, so far in this conversation, we've talked about dating from an inward perspective and like from a societal perspective. I want the listeners to come away with like some sort of guide, you know, like, okay, I've looked inward, I know what I want, and I know what I want in a partner, and like I know all the dynamics of like how society treats us and all that, that, all that. So let's get practical. I want to go on a date. Where the hell do I go? Okay. So if you've done the work, then you know what you're doing, right? If you say, hey, I'm Tim. I want to start dating. I'm looking for something casual. Then you know you're walking into dating casually. If you say, hey, I want to date, but I don't know where to start. This is where I think you should start. You should start socially first. And by social, I mean going into dating with no expectations of it being either casual or intentional. You go into it socially saying, I just want to have good conversations with people because conversations and conversation starters are exactly where relationships start. I've learned that in being a member of Ivy. I've learned that from, you know, it's been reinforced for me from a recent conversation I've had with a gentleman by the name of Darius. If you guys want to know about these people, please inbox me. I will, you know, (laughs) I'll link your things in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yes. I will, I will, I will pour out resources to you all because starting from the social perspective, you're saying, I just want to meet people. And by saying, do I I go to a book club or something? Yes. Oh my God. You're saying, I just want to meet people. I just want to have good conversations. And it's interesting that you brought up book club because the second step is saying, I know I want to socialize, but where do I want to socialize? Socialize in spaces where you're comfortable, like do the things that you like to do because you'll likely find people who are also like-minded. You say, I love wine tasting. I want someone who loves Napa as much as I do because that's my weekend getaway. It helps me to unwind after a long week of work. You know, it's where I would love to make love. You know, you go to those spaces. Yes, absolutely. Go to those spaces. and, And that's where you interact with people. That's where you meet people. After socializing, 
you can do the casual thing. You can say, hey, I just want to casually date. I just want to see. And and what casual dating does is it 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 comes with no pressure. So mm. you're not you're not going into it putting that pressure on yourself first and foremost and on the person that you're on a date with. So you're not asking this person to propose to you by the end of the date. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've met so many women who are ready for a ring by date one, and I'm like, "Do you like, even please, know if you want him to be your come husband?" On. One thousand like, carrots, please. Yes, it's like, girl, you don't even know if you like this guy. Like, you, you, you're ready for something from a man you don't even know. You're ready for that, not that man. So be be mindful of that, and that's a part of knowing yourself. That's a part of socializing, and then that steps into the casual dating where you can now get to know someone without the pressure because people will show up as themselves when they're comfortable. The more mm. comfortable you make, a, you make a person, the more comfortable they will be. Big, and like, that's where a lot of insecurities stem from, right? Like being uncomfortable and just like being, being shy. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. So you put the pressure on someone, you're going to get one or two things. You're going to get someone that's so insecure and shy that they don't show you who they are and they run away. Or you'll get someone who's insecure and show up as a narcissist because now you've given them the blueprint to how to play you. You said, well, I want this and I want that. And you know, because I'm not going to put up with this and I'm not going to put up with that. And he like, oh, bet. I got you. You said you want to put up with this <laughs> and that, but you want this and that. So let me be all of that. And then I'm going to do my dirt on the back end. I'm going to be who I really am on the back end. And now you're in a relationship with a whole narcissist because you've given them the blueprint to play you. You get to know someone when you casually date. And from mm. casual dating, you kind of people will fizzle in and out because now at this point, again, you had someone who either was too shy to show up as who they were. They left or you have someone who stuck around because they feel comfortable enough to be themselves. And that's when you get into dating intentionally and seriously. Right. And so Ooh. those are the steps that I would say to dating. So if you didn't get all that, it's to date socially, mm -hmm. date casually, and then date intentionally. Ooh, put that on a mask, put that on a shirt, put that on a tattoo, put that on a billboard, put that everywhere. Oh, okay. Look, I Tim told it. me to do it, so I'm going to do it, y'all. <laughs> www.shaydaily.com. There you I go. I put that up for you guys so you guys can make reference back to what that looks like. I'll, I'll put it in detail. I, You know, this is something that I've, I've sat on for a long time for myself. It's something that I've advised my girlfriends and my guy friends to do. So the fact that you're asking me this, Tim, I really do thank you because it's definitely putting me in a position of understanding you know, how I can help people. Yeah. You know, I can Girl, you're use full of wisdom jewels. Come on. Thank you. I just want to use my through. experiences to really put people in a position of like being happy for themselves, being yes. healthy, happy, and whole is what I say. Yes. Oh, love it. Um, okay. So we're already at the social circle. We've come through our insecurities and everything. And now we're like ready to ask uh, this beautiful stranger on a date they say yes what am i or what's a good thing to do and what's not to do because i can't just be like so what do you think about critical race theory you know like <laughs> i can't just... <laughs> you ask the person what they like to do i think that asking someone what they like to do you know hey what 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 do you like to do on the weekends or how do you spend your weekends? Okay. Yeah. Lots when, of questions. When, 
Yeah, questions. You ask questions because that's conversation. You can ask mm-hmm. someone. Um, so when you're not working, how are you unwinding? Mm-hmm. Right? Or you can mm-hmm. ask something like, if you had the time, what would you be doing right now? Okay. You're right. Right? So because they're I'm kind of probing, with- but not too probing. Exactly. And I'm coming up with these questions spur off the top of my head. I've, I've dated a lot of guys. I've asked a lot of questions. I genuinely enjoy doing the work, but I think I need to stop dating and allow y'all to do the work for me. <laughs> you know, come to me and I'm do lazy. what you need to Find, find me a man and then just bring him to me. <laughs> yeah, let me help y'all date at this point. I've done enough. I've enjoyed myself enough. I've definitely enjoyed myself enough for five of my girlfriends. So I think that when you ask that question to kind of try to figure out what you guys can do for a date, you say like, if you had the time, what would you be doing right now? Like, what are three things you would be doing right now? That way you give yourself some, some, oh, that's some good. questions as well. That's a good and idea. if they say, um... I would either be like wine tasting. This is my answers. If I had the time right now, three things I would be doing is wine tasting in Napa, going to a new restaurant and trying some food or going to, or having an experience in an activity that I've never done or that I've enjoyed doing. So rock climbing or laser tag. Like I'm, I'm a super nerd. That's fun. (laughs) And then that gives the person ideas. And and you're now giving them a chance to give you ideas to plan a date for them. It's really important to plan a mm-hmm. date. People like never that. go to the movies too, but never yeah, go to don't the go movies. don't go to the movies because you guys can't talk. You guys can't get yeah. to know each other. Don't mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. do that. That's but a bad date. Mm. Now you have now you have some date ideas. So you said, "Ooh, wine tasting." Okay, that's a little intimate. We're gonna be drinking. Let's not do that. Right. She said, "Food." That's a little bit okay. That's standard. We could do that's standard. Right. That's a thing. But she also says she liked activities. So like maybe laser tag do, is so cute. Or like you can do like tag. a pottery class or something. Yes, or a class like you know. So now it's like okay. So she says she likes rock climbing and laser tag or she says she likes pottery and you know rock climbing let's keep rock climbing on the table right yeah you can go look up somewhere that you guys can do indoor rock climbing that's a thing like indoor Mm -hmm. rock climbing is super fun i do it all the time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or you can make a two-on-one go go eat go to a pottery class go to pottery go eat if if the conversation goes well it's like you have something to look forward to. So maybe go eat first and then be like, mm. oh, I'm so excited about this pottery class. Like, have you ever done anything like this before? Why well, haven't? Do you have any tips? Like, like what can I do as a first timer to make sure, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not making a mess and I'm doing a good job, you know, and then the other right, person, right. oh, we're going to make a mess. It's inevitable. And then you can lead into a more serious question. Well, you know, how do you fix messes when you have them? (laughs) You know, like you, there's ways you can go about it depending on the vibe of the conversation. So Mm -hmm. you have options, but definitely ask a lot of questions. Ask questions to gauge how you're going to navigate the first date. Oh, that's good. So this is like if the situation does become ideal. Now I'm thinking ahead. What if it doesn't like... What if you're being asked out and you're like, I'm not into it? Or like you ask them out and they're like, they're not into it. Um, Like, how do we gracefully reject someone and how do we accept rejection with some class? Ooh, I'll go from the acceptance side first, because I think Mm. that's something that people struggle with a lot. 
I think that you have to be okay with that person not being the one. I think that when you have when you know yourself and you have those intentions, knowing what stage of dating you're in, it makes it easier to accept rejection. But I also think that you have to be realistic that that person is going to find someone they're going to be happy with. And it's okay if it's not you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like if you are, if you're happy within yourself, I think it's hard to be upset at the fact that, man, I wasn't the one, but that person was a great guy that, that she was a great woman. And I'm, I'm sure, or that they were great. And I'm sure mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm whoever they find, they're going to be so happy with it. They're going to make them so happy. And then I kind of take that same energy of being happy for them. And then I transfer it to myself. And I'm like, one day I'm going to be that happy. And if I give that energy. (laughs) Never mind. I'll find someone like you. (laughs) you If I I give that energy, then I can receive that energy back. You know, yeah, that's kind of how I operate in my mindset. And it hasn't failed me yet because I'm not sitting in depression and sulking over someone who rejected me. And I'm not feeling guilty about rejecting someone else because what I do in the space of me having to reject someone. And this is this has been harder. Actually, it's it's funny. I take rejection mm. better than I give it because I don't want to be a mean person. I'm not. That's uh, not my shame. We're people pleasers. Yeah. Oh no! Oh my God, it's like a thing, right? So I'm glad. I'm glad you said that, right? People pleasers. Everybody, mm. people pleasers. Clap one time. Say amen. 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 <laughs> Like it's a thing for us, right? Like we don't know how to reject people, so we tend to ghosting for us is a thing. Ooh, ooh that word is so triggering. Ooh, ghosting. Ah. Let me tell you, I actually sat in a room on ghosting, and I learned more than I spoke. And I actually ended up speaking at the end of the room because they asked me to, and I said, "I'm glad you guys talked about this, and you guys were all so vulnerable." about how ghosting made you feel. But right. as someone who has ghosted... Wait, time out. I just want to define ghosting as someone who you've been texting with or have been in touch with, and then they disappear out of the blue. That's just for the listeners who don't know what ghosting is. But yes, go on. Oh, thank you. So for someone, myself, who has ghosted people, a lot more... And I'm, and I'm being completely transparent and vulnerable and honest because I'm not perfect. I've ghosted a lot. Mm. Probably more than I want to admit, but I'm just I'm gonna let y'all calculate what a lot is to y'all. Okay, I've ghosted a lot, and it's unfortunate because my intention is not to hurt the other person. It's just that we have to understand that sometimes when people ghost us, it's it doesn't have anything to do with you. It's more of an us. It's more of an yeah. us thing, and mm. so I think that again, and that's even given another piece of advice to the other side of like being ghosted or being rejected is like accepting the fact that it's not always you. But I think for people in our position, when you're in a position of having to reject someone, still having a conversation would be ideal. Like I have a couple of conversations right now on the table that are a little long overdue. Like <laughs> Leave I them do. on red for be, the next two months I'm going to be very honest, okay? Before <laughs> the July, I had someone call me and I was like, mm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I'm Tim. Do I have to say what I did? Because I'm really ashamed. Hey, it's up to you, girl. I mean, this is a full transparency podcast. I have talked about my whole this entire show, so it's up to you. Be honest with y'all, okay? Mm-hmm. And this this is one of those things where it's like, why do he keep calling you? Then I don't. Fucking 
fucking know. There's a whole book called <laughs> White Men Marry Bitches, okay? Um, <laughs> um, there's a guy who I had several conversations with, and I just didn't like where his head was. He was, we were, I just didn't even see how he liked me. We just don't seem, to me, we don't seem compatible. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, we are not compatible. Like, you're not going to like me. You can't control me. Like, I'm feisty. I'm, I'm, I'm very sweet, but like, I have a it's wild. That fire thing. sign. It's that fire yeah, sign. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I might take down these braids, pick my afro, and listen to rock and roll music, and you're going to be mad at me. And then I'm going to ask you if you want to go to a new beach, and then I'm going to ask you to travel with me and we might run into a couple of my exes that we're going to kick it with like we best friends and you're not going to like that like mm. you know what I mean like it's you know I'm like I don't know if you really going to like me dude you know and instead of me like telling him like hey I don't think we're compatible let's just not I ghosted him and so he calls me every now and again and usually I just hang up in his face <laughs> and he calls back and I'm like dude Bye. Like, then like, he texts me, hint. I don't text back. And then he'll, like, call me, like, a couple months, like, later and, like, hey. And then he'll, like, remind me of the conversations we had, like, screenshot our text messages back to me or screenshot. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's bad. And I'm really embarrassed to even say that this is a situation that, like, I'm dealing with. I'm completely not attached. Like, I'm completely single. So, that's right. it's not a relationship here, okay? I'm not in anything complicated. You're just I, single and mingling. I'm single, I'm mingling, and I have some people that are interested that I haven't had conversations with about why we're not compatible. Mm. Um, sometimes we assume that it's obvious. I think that a lot of women have talked about um, ignoring DMs and, you know, when dudes slide the DMs and they don't respond and guys just not get in the message. I think that I'm, I'm even trying to figure out a way to handle those situations better because what we fear sometimes too is not only people pleasing, but you know, you have that fear of like verbal abuse. I mean, oh, yeah. even though it's not physical abuse, you still don't want to be verbally abused. And I've I don't want to get called like that. all these awful yeah. names. Yeah, yeah. And people, because people can't handle rejection. Fair and right. I think that, I think that at this point, what I'm starting to realize is that, I am just going to be honest with where I am in life without expressing to them what's wrong in the situation. Because I, though I'm not interested in the situation because I don't see that there's compatibility. I think that at this point, what I intend to do, I'll give y'all an update or whatever. <laughs> but I'll give y'all an update. I'll let him put it in the credits. Like, and what happened was... Ah! <laughs> My intention is to just tell him that I'm not interested and I'm not in a space of dating Mm. someone seriously, nor giving myself casually to someone. I'm very close. I definitely want to date soon. I'm definitely in a position of wanting to date soon, but, you know, I know what I want and, you know, it looks a little different. So I'm just navigating my approach and I'm okay with that. And what that looks like for me is being social Meeting someone, building a friendship and a bond, allowing that to be casual, maybe going on outings and just seeing how we vibe together um, in public spaces and then being intentional and expressing oh, that. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I'm, Shay, so beautiful. My heart's melting. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love uh, a friend. That's me. I'm a, I'm a friendship kind of girl. Yeah, you are, girl. I love it. Oh, um, I've got like, like maybe a couple more questions because these are just some things that some people I'm pretty sure would like think about. Um, you 
have kids, right? Yes, I do. I have a beautiful girl and a beautiful baby boy. Right. So in dating, I'm pretty sure that there would be people listening to this podcast that do have kids as well. When is it a good time to disclose um, your marital status? Like if you're divorced or like you have kids? I don't know. I have never been married. I don't have kids. So maybe this is something that you can speak on from a personal experience. When do when can people say something like that during the day? Like when is it appropriate? Yeah. So it's really interesting. I've had this question asked me before, and I think that first I want to say when I just had my daughter, it seemed a lot easier to say like I had a kid versus having kids. <laughs> there is a stigma on you know, women who have kids, but there's no stigma on men that have kids. It's really interesting. And it's not until recently in the recent generation where I've seen women say like, I don't want to date a guy with kids, which I think is totally fine. I actually think that people who do not want to date people with kids, I take no offense to it because that's not their lifestyle. Like, Mm -hmm. like if you are a person who has kids, do not be offended when people say they don't want to date people with kids because they're telling you that they will not love your kids. Okay. They're literally telling you that they'll treat your kids like shit because they don't like kids. They don't want your kids. So instead of being emotional about it, think of it as a way of like, like a thank you. Like, thank you. Thanks for letting me know that you're an awful fucking person. I can bounce and find a better man. Look that part, but for people <laughs> who are like you know just genuine about it, like I just don't want to date somebody with kids. I don't want to deal with the ex, or I don't want to deal with whatever their own like issues or ideology, pathology, insecurities, whatever, whatever that specific thing is for them that says, hey, I don't want to date this person for that reason. I'm I, I understand that because I too mm. have my reasons for preferring to date men who have kids. Right, right. That it depends. If you are just dating generally and you hit it off with someone and they have kids or you have kids and they don't, and you're like, oof, God, they said they don't have kids and I have kids. Like, you know, when do I bring it up? I bring it up very casually. I say things like when we're on a date and they're like, um, Oh, so you do this kind of stuff all the time, right? Like if we're in a gallery because they know I love art and they're like, oh, so you do this kind of stuff all the time. And I'm like, I mean, when I'm not momming, like I'll take the time to, you know, come out X, Y, Z, you know, and you don't have to say it on the day. You can say it in conversation. Well, what do you like to do on the weekends? Um... You know, when I'm not momming, I always use that as my line. Cause momming, it's like, right, right. Yeah, That's a good mom- one, actually. Yeah, or when I don't have my kids, you know, I like to go to dance class or I like to, you know, go with my girlfriends to Napa or we do a staycation or we might do a weekend trip somewhere. Or mm. when time permits and I don't have the kids, you know, you don't have to outright say, hey, I'm Shay, I have two kids and I'm divorced. Like, you, know, you don't have to say <laughs> You know, you're not a robot. Looking for a baby daddy, please. Looking for a baby daddy. Looking, Looking for, for a daddy. daddy. You know, it's like, it's that's not the case. You are not a robot. You are human, okay? Mm. You have life experience is what I like to call it. <laughs> and sometimes I think it's also, you have to be realistic, right? Mm. Like, if you are a 30-year-old woman, divorced, two kids, you know, which is close to my demographic, Um I'm not looking for a 20-year-old to settle down. No, 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 no. no. Settle down. I'm barely looking for a guy my age to settle down with. But right, for right. me, personal preference is I've always liked the older men. 
for me, I know what my type is. I mm. know that I like, I knew even that when I, you know, only had my daughter and I was like, Ooh, if I ever got on the dating scene again, what would that look like? And I was like, Ooh, I guess I would have to date somebody that had kids. Like, you know, yeah, that, that is it. Is that me knowing that my type is a man that has life experience. I Shay. do not see an Ooh. issue. Look, I, Tim, look, I mean, mm. am I lying or a man with a little life experience and some wisdom a little easier to date? Ooh, ooh. The we, guy I'm fucking right now, he has three kids and he fucks so good in bed. Ooh. Well, that's why he got three kids. That's right. <laughs> I'm saying that too. Like, hey, y'all got to be careful these dudes that be shooting at the club. They are. They, somebody let them shoot at the club for a reason. They are fertile. <laughs> Look, right. They are here blasting in them. Like, it's a thing. Oh. It's a thing. But I think that for people who have kids, you know, you don't have that insecurity when it comes to people who don't want to have, who don't want to date someone who has kids because you want someone in your life that values mm. family. You have to prioritize what you need in a partner, what you need in someone that you're willing to take serious. And again, from my own personal experience, even at the time, again, when I had one kid and I was married, I was like, oh, if I ever had a date again, what would that look like? And I was like, oh, I got to date a guy with some life experience, someone who, you know, understands, you know, what it's like to have a child, what it's like right. to, you know, be married, if if you will. And even if a guy is older and he doesn't have kids, that doesn't rule him out for me, because hmm. what I notice is that when someone has lived a little more life they understand when they have yep. wisdom it's because they took the time to sit down and consider facets of life. And they've, they've thought about the different avenues that people have gone down and how they've gotten to where they are now. So what I noticed for me personally is that a lot of people see me in a very beautiful space is what it mm. is like. Mm. And that doesn't do it for me though. You just seeing me in a beautiful space doesn't do it for me. It's, it's when you see me in a beautiful space and you know that I have kids and you know that I've been married before and you say she's in a beautiful space and it's because she's done the work. Mm. You know, it's 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 when it's when they can recognize something in me because they know what that looks like. People who haven't done the work don't know what that looks like. They don't. Because they don't know like, what it looks like. They're fucking lazy and like, come on, live something. Go so outside and smell some grass. That's automatic incompatibility. Yeah. That's automatically mm. being unequally yoked. When someone cannot recognize something in you, it's because they've never seen it before, meaning that they've never seen it in themselves. They don't reflect that. So they can't reflect you in a relationship, meaning that you guys are unequally yoked. Woo! Woo! Yes! Drop look, all those gems. Ooh. Look, Tim, I'm not going to lie. I don't get to have this conversation with everyone. Okay, a lot of people they see a sex educator, they think that's it, but there's there's a whole relationship there. There's a lot that for me, sex, love, and relationship, I value all the same. Yes, because they're a part of who we are, and we shouldn't. I would never devalue someone giving their body to someone, or someone giving their heart to someone, their time, their mind, and and they don't deserve it, and they don't deserve it, and that's why. And it doesn't make you happy as a person. Mm -hmm. And and that's why I've had the time to really sit down and think about what dating means to me, what that looks like for me, you know, who I am in a dating experience, how I'm showing up, you know, am I I happy? Am I whole? Mm -hmm. What does that look like for me? How is this person reflecting that within themselves? We don't have to be a mirror image of each other because that's not what it is. It's not about us being 
being identical people, liking the same things, but it's what we value. Yes. Ooh, that part. Our values. We, our bring, values. Ourselves, we bring ourselves to the date being our most authentic self. Mm. And hopefully the other person like brings their most authentic self. They're not putting up some sort of theatric or whatever. Yeah, like, absolutely. Mm. And and again, Tim, when you do it, what I notice is like you peel back a layer. You don't have to show all your cards on the table because, again, we're not giving nobody the no. blueprint how to play us. We're not doing that. But when you right. peel back a layer, then you can gauge. You can see, did they peel back a layer? And when they peel back a layer, you'll notice that it becomes easier. That's how you build mm. authentic relationships with people. It's yeah. safe. That's when you can like maybe be like, hmm, maybe I can ask them on a second date. Or yep. like maybe we can start to go steady after, I don't know, a few more dates. And then let's see where this goes, you know? Yep, mm. absolutely. You create that safe space and, and vulnerability creates that safe space and one mm. can't exist without the other. Ooh, that part. Ooh. Okay. So we have gone from the beginning of the date. We have gone into the middle of the date and like all the heavy, hard hitting questions of the date. We're getting to the very end. This might be a very divisive question depending on who we ask, but I want to ask who should pay? Whoever asks the person on the date. Okay. Because like, Normally, it should be like, or at least what we've been told, like the guy should always pay. Mm-hmm. But like, it should be whoever asks the person on a date. And in my case, it's always been the guy. I've yet to find a guy. I've actually, I dated one guy who was more conversational about the whole who pays thing. But that's oh, wow. like one. That's one out of all the guys I've dated. All of the other guys have like by default paid. Um, which whatever, it's not even that big of a deal to me. However, um, you know, I've asked, I've asked someone out to come hang out with me again. I was in a very social, I was in a social stage at that point. Right. Mm. I think that for me being in a social space, I had the resources, the opportunity, I had the plug to like invite this person to, um, a gala that we were doing and, or a spring social, if you will, and <laughs> you know, and he came and he didn't have to pay for anything. And, you know, I was just amongst people who it was a kind of event where I brought a friend and everything was taken care of. You know, you, when you, when you roll in certain environments and circle certain circles as women <laughs> and you able to make those kind of moves, it don't have to really come out of your pocket anyways, you know? Yes. You know? That's why you go for the older men with the big, fat, thick, juicy wallets. When you move a little different and you are in a certain social space, you do (laughs) have the opportunity to move a little bit differently. But in that case, I did. You know, he didn't have to worry about anything. I asked him out. He didn't have to worry about anything, Mm, anything at all. He offered to drive, which was nice because. What a gentleman. You know, look, let me tell you, Does he have I don't a brother? stereotype, but I don't like to drive. I'm a woman that don't like to drive. I will fit that stereotype all day. I hate <laughs> I hate driving. I bet I like driving it. in Cali, it must be a nightmare. Oh, and we're going to San Francisco. I didn't like Ooh, it. No. Like it oh, no. Cities, cities, are, cities are terrible to drive in. Yep. Yep. But Downtown Toronto city, is a nightmare. Ugh. See, yeah, no, I'm okay. I would never mm. drive in a major city. It's, mm. No. I'll Uber, Uber all day. Okay. Yep. Catch me in a But, Uber. you know, 
so yeah, so I think that whoever asked should pay. And I think that when I asked, I definitely did. And it's funny because that's that's the only example I have because that's one out of like mm-hmm. 10 years of dating that <laughs> I and paid and, you know, the whole nine. But I didn't feel any kind of way about it. And that kind right. of leads me into that whole idea of like, should you approach a guy or not? Someone asked that question recently. Um, oh, actually, look, shout out to Unhinged Dating. She always posts really great questions. She's in the UK. Um, I'll, I'll connect you to like y'all would definitely. She would love you. Would love her platform. Um, she asked a question on her live or on her story, and it was like, should women approach men or or have you ever approached a guy or something along those lines? Her demographic is mostly women, and I said, yeah. And she said, well, how did that go for you? She's genuine in her question. So I had no problem answering. I'm like, yes, sis, let me tell you how that went. Okay. I was really young at the time and I was young and beautiful. And I told her, I said, look, I had no intentions with these guys. I wasn't talking to him so he could be my husband. I wasn't talking to him. (laughs) I wasn't talking to him because I want him to pay for anything. I was literally socializing my dating life experience always starts with socializing. I'm just trying to meet people. I value people. I value time. And I told her, I said, but when you are attractive, and in my case, if you're young and beautiful, you're a woman, then nine times out of 10, like it's going to go in your favor. Like, you know, that's just the thing. And it might as well use the cards in your favor. Yes. And it shouldn't be like that. You know, like it shouldn't be like, oh, whoever we deem as like attractive is who we should treat better, et cetera, et cetera. But unfortunately, some people are shallow and they do treat you based on how they view you visually. So Mm. I think that in a lot of cases, when it comes to like who's paying and who's approaching who, it's always based on like like looks or status or power. It's like very, very shallow um, measures of who we are as people. Right. Oh, gosh. We are shallow people. What the hell is we wrong with shallow. <laughs> I'm actually like one of two of my friends that's not shallow. Like I know like one other friend I have that dates guys and we don't care what they look like. All of my other friends are like, they nah. gotta fit ABC boxes. Yes. You know? He has to be mm. tall. He has to be fit. He has to be attractive. And in my mm. mind, I'm just like, mm, I'll take the gremlin over there. Like, <laughs> you know, like because you know what? Short king, but dick tall. You know what? Hey, look, I've definitely, mm. if y'all have not been in the clubhouse rooms with me and Tim, okay, <laughs> come through and join us. Wednesdays at seven. Let me tell y'all. We actually had a small portion of one of those nights where we talked about that. Like women tend to say that men who they are not the most attracted to, they have really great sex with. So, and and I think that there's, it might stand true for men too, because I've had that conversation with guys where, and I don't like to use the word ugly, but like um, not conventionally (laughs) attractive people. You can say ugly. There are ugly men out there. They tend to have better sex because they feel like they have something to prove. And it's like, nah, I wouldn't say that. But <laughs> in theory, that attractive people are lazy. Attractive people get what they want so they don't have to try. And which is why in the they're lesbian the worst in bed. They're the worst in bed, which is why in the lesbian community, it's funny how we can tie this all together from a heterosexual perspective, mm-hmm. sexual perspective in the bedroom, all the way to LBGTQ. Because for lesbians, there's a term called a pillow princess. Really? Have you ever heard of that? 
Before. What's yes, a pillow princess? Like, pillow princess? It's women that don't do nothing. They just lay on their back with their head in the pillow. With the hair like all beautifully <laughs> laid out. Princess. And then and they're just like, I'm so hot and I can do whatever yes. I want. Which is they're nothing. Receiving. They are oh receiving. My God. And I think that for attractive people, there might be like a pillow princess com- complex. I, I I would I would beg to to say that that term can be universally used for attractive people who are lazy in bed. Hmm. Lazy lovers. Did you hear <laughs> Did you hear that joke about lesbians? It's like why don't lesbians ever order in for a date because they eat out? I mean, you know, that's <laughs> the, I, I'm not mad. That might be the best joke I've heard. Well, <laughs> I need to know that joke so everybody know what's up. <laughs> okay. We need, we need men to start eating now, Mo. Mm-hmm, we do. We <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay Shay we are about to wrap up this date I want to text him after the date has ended when is a good time to text I don't want to seem too clingy right after what do you what do you recommend so what would be really nice in an ideal situation um, guys let this be a note to you if you don't already practice this but you should, if not text first and say, hey, just wanted to make sure you made it in safely. I had a Aww. great night. That's a way of telling her that you care about the fact that she made it home safely. Mm. You know, that it, it might be a little thing, but that's one of those little things that goes a long way. And ladies, if you get home first, maybe he lives further than you and you had him come a little closer to to where you are for safety purposes. You know, you got to be safe out here in these streets. Always share your location when you're going out Ooh, with somebody. That part. Yep. Yep. He's an Have like a geotag or something. Yep. Yep. Yes. 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 Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, if you live a little closer than he does, but you really enjoyed yourself and, you know, he won't be home for a little while, you can shoot him a text and be like, Hey, made it home safely. Thank you so much for tonight. I had a great time, you know. And, and then, then be like, if you want to do this again sometime, totally down. You can let and you can let him know. You can be like, you know, I'm I'm open to doing this again whenever you're free. Or have not. A, have a good night. <laughs> you know, you can leave it made it home safe, but you stank. So bye. Look, and <laughs> you know, I'm probably the bad person to talk about the rejection side of it. I'm gonna text it off the day didn't go well. Look, it's gonna be like, mm. Mm, mm, you're not uh, good. Thanks for tonight. But moving forward, okay, in 2021, okay, okay, and in 2022, things are opening back up. You know what I'm saying? Post panorama, we're all fucking horny. I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice telling people, thank you for your time. I truly appreciate it. However, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not in a space of continuing this relationship or this. Yeah. Oh, that's actually super classy and like very thoughtful. I would rather get that than be like ghosted or just like, I'll think about it or let me see my schedule. I'll get back to you. Just like, just say if you're not interested. Fuck. Okay. Thank you for that. Cause now, now, now I know to run by my um, rejection text. I got to run them by you first. And as long as you say, that's so thoughtful and classy. I run with it. Thoughtful Please. and classy rejection text. I'm gonna I'm I'm trademarked here. You heard it only. Sex <laughs> is love. We coined in that. Don't steal it. 
I am the last person to go for class and (laughs) grace. Please, Shay. (laughs) I am a dirty, filthy fucking whore. (laughs) We are going into a new year. You are going to be challenged so you can grow. I'm challenging you to help me to come up with graceful, okay, and classy ways to reject people. Oh, yes. Oh, beautiful. I think that's a very, like, thoughtful way to end this episode because we've gone through the entire like dating storyline here oh my god shay this is beautiful it's so wonderful to just like you know have a little kiki between us gals and just like talk about dating but like if anyone hasn't like caught on to whatever it is that we've been saying for the last hour and a half two hours whatever what do you want listeners to take away from this dating episode Approach dating with the mindset of enjoyment. Enjoyment, enjoy. Go into it knowing that you are sharing time with someone and that it's time that this person is giving you and that should be respected and appreciated. Show up with that in your heart and in your intention and in your actions. And I promise you, your dating experience will be that much better. Aww. Oh my God, my heart is so full and so is my bussy. I am going to go get fucked. (laughs) Shay, I am so obsessed with you. I cannot get enough of you. I'm sure the listeners can't get enough of you. Where can people find you? So you guys can find me on my website, www.shaydaily.com. That's S-H-A-E, daily, D-A-I-L-Y.com. Or you guys can find me on Instagram at shayislove. That's S-H-A-E-I-S-L-O-V-E. Or you guys can find me on Clubhouse for live discussions, okay? And Tim be all up in the building. We be, look, yeah. it goes down, okay? <laughs> at 7 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Clubhouse at Talk Sex with Shay, look, it's lit. We we have a good time and we, we do our best to respect everyone who's in our space and we educate, but we also learn and we learn from the people who come into our space. So come teach us something. Come ask questions. Mm-hmm. Come be a part of a sex community. Sex educators that, are also students. Yes, we are also students. You know, come in a space that, you know, wants to love on you and wants to celebrate who you are as a person and where you are in your sexual journey. So... I am Shay is love, and I'm so grateful for Tim. He's absolutely amazing. Since day one, Aww. we've been in love. Tim, we in love with you. We oh, my God. I love you all. <laughs> and the power of the internet and the clubhouse and just, like, you know, sex educators coming together to unite. I am just feeling all the emotions and just, like, feeling my most pleasurable self. Uh, I'm here for it. I am going to make my way over to your West Coast, and we're going to have a party, girl. Yes, and I'm coming. I'm coming up there. So, is the is Toronto on the east side or the west side of Canada? Um, like closer to the east, but we're more center. So basically, like where New York is. Okay, perfect. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be in New York in September. Come through. It's only an okay. hour flight from JFK. <laughs> oh, it's only a weekend trip. It's short, but do you think you can come down? Uh, New York, if the border's open by that time, hell yeah, let me come through. The border's not open? Not yet. <gasps> As of right now, I know. It's weird. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, we'll see. Our our governments have been totally fucking up this entire pandemic, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> They've been handling it better than ours because, good God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Central. Look, America, 
you know, we we like a um we like a golden rotten apple. Like it looked good on the outside, but it's really bad on the inside. It's really bad. It's really bad. Uh, North America, you make it so funny. But <laughs> oh, my goodness, Shay, you have been such a wonderful guest. I would love to have you on again because you are so full of knowledge and beauty and grace and just like so so wonderful. I can't sing your praises enough. And to all the listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. I'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. Sex Ed with Tim is created and produced by me, Tim Lagman. Music is Aces High by Kevin McLeod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GaySlutClown and at Sex Ed with Tim. You can also like and follow me on the Sex Ed with Tim Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Even better, you can also support the show on Patreon, where you can get early access to ad-free episodes and more. Thanks for all your support, you dirty little slut. Mwah!